everyone, and welcome to a book-filled episode of Zing This. No actual books will be in this episode. You got me, Zinger. You got me, Berg Buffett. Oh, I didn't even say we needed names, but that was solid. I know, I was, I was ready to roll on that one. Solid. And we got special guests all the way from Big Lick, Virginia. Introduce yourself. Uh, you get... You got me, Rancorless Rick. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> so, Rick, you you do the Piggly Dog podcast, which we have done a few things. Um, mentioned you on here, called it out. Uh, I'm pretty sure there was a time where you carried several items of Zingness paraphernalia. There oh yes, well. definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the Zinger Sword, don't forget. Yeah, yes. it's still in stock. Yes, one, one, one of the greatest reads I ever had the pleasure of putting on this show that did not involve me talking. Um, so, so thank well, you very hey, much. We, we aim to please. Well, thank you very much for doing that. Um, if you want to just give everyone a quick rundown of what you do on your show, just so they can get where you're coming from, because it has nothing to do with the topic. I am totally tapping your <laughs> you as a nerd, not you as the piggly dog. But I, I want people to check it out. Oh, sure. Um, it's a it's a completely fictional grocery store that me, my son, and my daughter, we all just get together and think of crazy products. And currently we're in a crazy 80s time loop kind of thing where we have historical figures and 80s pop culture just kind of thrown into a weird storyline that I have going on. And it's all like off the cuff and just fun. So, and it's all family friendly. So, if you have little ones in the car, you can listen. There's still jokes for the adults out there. So, they'll mm-hmm. get what, what's going on. So, it, 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 is, it is a very fun show to listen to. I highly recommend it. Um, uh, do, 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 do I still have the, did I, did I win the chili cook off? Or is it like a four-way tie or something? I can't remember. <laughs> I, I really don't remember. Go back and listen to that episode. Because um, because I, I don't want to spoil the joke, but the chili I made, the ingredients were it's it's all the ingredients for um clam chowder, and it's and the chili's called "Oops, I Made Clam Chowder." So <laughs> here's listening to Star Destroyer Crockpot, though. Remember? Yes, yes. Thank you very much for that. And speaking of Star, De- oh yeah, speaking of Star Destroyers. We opened the Book of Boba Fett last week, and I know by the time you're listening to this, you will have episode two available to you, but we are going off of our first impressions. Will this be a weekly thing on Zingness? No, because Ellie said you get your first impressions, and then we'll go over it when it's done, and she makes them rules. So <laughs> we had we are having Rick on for this episode to go over our first impressions. When we finally get to the end, who knows? Probably a Phil Rude will join us, or maybe Rick will come back. We don't know, but we will have our final ones. I just want to get in and and see what everybody thought of this. So before we get started, I'm I'm gonna hit us with some with with some tomato meters, real quick, if that is okay with you, gentlemen. Let's go right ahead. Yeah. All right, because because as we know in Zygnus, we we see how fresh a tomato is. Well, the Mandalorian. According to this right now, the tomato meter is 93%. I'm telling you about the Mandalorian because I want it as a comparison. So with this two seasons, the tomato meter is at 93%. The average audience score, popcorn, 91%. So, Book of Boba Fett, one episode available. Looking to you gentlemen. Higher or lower? Uh, go higher. I'm going to go... Lower. Rick is correct. 
So, 83% right now, average tomato score. Audience score, 71. Mm. Wow. After one episode. So, Eric, I think I can assume, I want your first impressions. We're doing spoiler-free right now with this. Well, spoiler-free for the first episode. If you've already watched the second episode, then you know more than we do. Um, (laughs) uh, Legitimately. Eric... Yay or nay, thumbs up, thumbs down. How fresh is this tomato? Are you making a good uh, are you making this a good tomato? This tomato right here is one of those ones that you 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 enter for like the steak fair. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I put my blood, sweat, and tears in this tomato. It is the most brilliant red, gorgeous, has like those per those imperfections that make it actually look even more perfect. Uh, you can smell it from a mile away. Like it just is so fragrant. That's the kind of tomato that I thought this was. There was I loved it. I absolutely loved the first episode, and I am in. All right. Rick, I will give you a chance. Step to the plate. Your thoughts on the first episode. We will talk about the full series and, and what we think will come in our opinions. But for right now, first episode, yay or nay? And how fresh is that tomato? I'm saying yay, only because of you know all the wonderful, like, world building that they're doing mm-hmm. in this episode and but like i i kind of agree with the tomatoes because it's not the mandalorian mm. like from the episode one of mandalorian it had you hooked this one since you already have an established character it kind of like makes you wait to see what the meat is it's it's got a build up so i i agree with that and as for me what is this tomato to me? Well, it's a tomaco for a Senior Simpsons <laughs> reference. Why is that? Because on the outside it looks like a tomato, but strangely, once I bit into it, it's strangely addicting. And we are here now. Because uh, I'll get into it, but I have gone into this series saying I have no expectations for this. And I mean that as a positive, no expectations. Because Boba Fett, for me as a character... I know he's had this grandiose mythos around him. I could care less about that. Because I'm like, outside of the... And yeah, I've read all the other insular media. I've seen all the other stuff. I legit go off of what I've seen in the movies, and he's just kind of there in the movies. So, when he appeared in uh, Mandalorian won me over. I was like, awesome. Want to know more about this guy. Not the other guy. This guy. This guy here. Not the guy they've had comic books and stuff on. Not the guy that blew blew up a Sarlacc to get out of it. I want to know what he did to get here. Because I'm interested now. So, it, it's got me hooked already. I'm, I'm down. And the fact... And now we are moving into spoiler territory. So, um... While we transition, if you are not near your phone or have to give it a minute, um, Rick, give us a give us a pickly dog pitch real quick of a product. <laughs> oh wow, a product. Oh, let's see here. Well, everybody, guess what? You come on down here to the Piggly Dog today. We got Gentar and Alar, the world champions baseball cards. That's right. You might be wondering what exactly is in there. I don't even know. Last time I checked, it was pictures of somebody that they got right off the copy machine and threw it right into the box and just stuffed it on down in there and said here and sealed it up. But you know what? That's okay. You come on down to the Piggly Dog. We're going to give that to you for, um, you know, I'm going to give you a discount today. $5.99 a box because we're not exactly sure what pictures are in there. 
scary. So um, come on down and get that for five ninety nine a box today at the Piglet Dog. All right, awesome. We can talk spoilers now. See, I You'd thought... You'd be a fool not to do that deal. I'm, I'm getting my wallet. I'll be, I'll be there in a few minutes. See, when... Snowstorm be damned. <laughs> See, when you were given the names, I thought you were naming, like, giving names to those Gamorian guards, and that's what this was going to be. I was like, I was like, oh, we're getting some funny. backstory. Well, now I want those cards, too. <laughs> um, so... Biggest thing for this episode for me, and me and Eric vaguely discussed this the other day a little bit, the lack of dialogue for the first, what, 11 minutes of a... Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, a, it was an, a, a not insignificant amount of time. Where there was little or no dialogue, fantastic. I loved it. I loved that. I was like on board... If this is the entire episode is just this flashback and I, I'm going to get nothing else, I'll be happy. Other stuff did happen, though. Rick, I feel like you have, you're have you you're kicking back on us on this. No, I, I agree. I think that when you have a, se- a sequence that you're trying to build, it's more powerful if you don't have words. Mm-hmm. Because you are filling in the blanks with your own brain trying mm-hmm. to figure out what everything is going on, which makes you more involved with the story. So I think it's very genius on their behalf to be able to sequence that like they did. Yeah, I, that, that's kind of my, my thought is I, you know, I'm, I was, I've always been a big fan of like the first 30 minutes of Wally where there's no talking at all. Um, and yeah, no, I agree. It's it, what you can, they say it pitches worth a thousand words. And when you're watching something at 30 frames a second, <laughs> um, or 24, whatever, whatever they're shot, whatever it's shot. And I'm, I'm thinking in terms of my video editing, where I'm usually in 30, but, uh, when you're watching that, you know, that's, you know, that many pictures a second, when you're able to convey all that through acting, emotion, sound, don't tell me, show me. And I think that makes such a more entertaining and you're right. It, you, it's what's not there that your brain is filling in that I think makes it more entertaining. I know I, I think of the Simpsons thing where they're like, don't think, don't listen to the notes she's playing. Listen to the notes she's not playing. <laughs> well, if I wanted to do that, I could have just stayed home. But like, but like that, but that's an important thing. Like, I think there's when, when, when things are just being told straight up to you, like that's only can be entertaining for so long and so much. But when you are, um, when you are seeing something and it's really making your, your imagination go wild, like, I think that is a really good, solid uh, storytelling. And that, I think, is what they did. They got that in spades in that first 10, 11 minutes. Well, I'm I'm liking that they're continuing the trend with Boba Fett of he doesn't talk much. Because they had him, like, going, like, him and Finnick were sitting there, like, in Jabba's palace. Like, him telling her, so I busted out of the Sarlacc, and then I was taken by Tuscan. Like, if, if he was, like, narrating all this... <laughs> It would have been amusing because Space New Zealand and Space Australia do exist now thanks to this episode because he does say mate at one point. So that 100% confirms Mm -hmm. that. But it would have been – as much as I say Boba Fett's a non-character, there has been left stuff established of him being very – like almost a non-talker. If that makes any sense. He only talks when it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. Now, more so in the series, he's been in more recently, he talks a little bit more. But beforehand, he was somebody that basically very rarely spoke. So that's why it would have been weird 
in my opinion, to have him recounting this in this show-not-tell method is amazing. And also, I really love the title they used for this episode. Do, did any of you guys catch what the title was for episode it's, chapter one? Stranger in a Stranger Strange, in a strange land. land. Which also technically could be this for Rick, because, I mean... Out of the normal for the podcasting realm for you, sir. Doing great, though, and I'm proud of you. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, one, it is a... So, does anyone know that as a reference to? Because there's actually a few references it technically could there's, be made to. Yeah. I know I know it's for, I know it's like originally from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then it's... Um, it's a book. Yes. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. I'm blanking on who wrote it. Is it... Um, Shoot, I'm not going to... Tell me who wrote it. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> uh, Stranger in a Strange Land is a 1961 sci-fi um, novel by American author Robert A. Heinlein. It is Heinlein. Okay. Yes. I was like, I'm going to butcher that I, name somehow. Per- even though it's one I can't per- butcher, I'll do it. I I couldn't remember if it was him or Isaac Asimov. I was thinking one or the other, but yeah. it's, it's uh, That's what I was thinking, yeah. too. So... <laughs> And the Bible verse is out of Exodus, um, tw- uh, Exodus two twenty two. So that's where that comes from. Um, so I mean, is that it's it's something to where I don't think it's a direct reference to either of those. I think it's just utilizing that as a title of not only are we seeing the origins of Boba Fett reborn, sort of. But also, stranger in a strange land. Of now, he's not. He's the one running the the crime business instead of being the one being utilized by it. Right. Thoughts. Now, I have a I have a thought about that. Like right. when Boba Fett took over leadership of Jabba's territory there in Mos Epsa, it wasn't it interesting to y'all to think that Bib Fortuna was the one that was running that. <laughs> I mean in in Return of the Jedi, I mean he is completely just a whipping boy. Like yep. how did he take control of that entire syndicate, you know? I I feel like the Huts had more going on and they just kinda didn't care about what was going on with Jabba at the time. I, I don't know, it's it's something to where Star Wars will eventually explain it. But I don't think we're gonna get explained anytime soon. But yeah, it, it is. It's seriously like, what character was not on the sail? Can we not confirm was on the sail barge? Oh, Bib Fortuna wasn't. I guess he took it over because it was it was an amusing turnaround to see that. Yeah, see, it was him. But I thought he was on the sailing barge, wasn't he? It's been a minute. It's been a minute since I've watched um, Jedi, but I don't think he well, was. Even if he- even if he was, I mean the the one blue musician who was also in. Oh my gosh, how am I forgetting his music? name? He was in the cantina or the the the, the casino or whatever. So Max I, I guess it wasn't a complete Max Rebo. Yes, yeah. so I was like, I guess apparently it wasn't a completely fatal uh, uh, <laughs> accident uh, to everyone. Well, I, I have issues with that too because, like, if you remember in Jedi, you had the sailing barge and two skiffs, right? Mm-hmm. One skiff got destroyed when they were fighting back and forth when they were shooting yep. from the deck. The other one's the one that Luke and Han and all, all them left on. 
And right. the saline barge got completely annihilated. You can even see that beside the Scar- Sarlacc pit. Yeah. So, I mean, how did these people get off? Well, Maybe that's his twin brother who's also a musician. <laughs> <laughs> and and Bib Fortuna was like, he was like, you know what? I left. I forgot my cell phone back at your palace, Java. I'm going to go, and I'll be back. And then he, he shows up to the record and is like, oh. oh. <laughs> going to turn around now. <laughs> Yes, I'm in charge now. <laughs> um, well, I mean, we're, we're also assuming that they blew up the... Oh, wait, yeah, they do blew it up, blow it up instantly. I was like, maybe there was a time frame there where everyone was able to escape slowly. I don't know. But yeah, that was like, wait, nope, they, they did blow it up instantly. <laughs> Wasn't like the Titanic sinking or anything. Um, <laughs> so speaking of the sail barge and seeing the Sarlacc pit... Aside from Patton Oswald in a episode of Parks and Rec perfectly describing this exact scene, which has been pointed out to me. Um, yes. Thoughts on on him getting out on on him being in the Sarlacc and him making his way out? Yay or nay? Because on Knights of Vader, there was a lot of neighing going on, and I was like, I don't really care. So, I, but I'll, I'll I'll voice my opinion. I just want to get it from you guys. So, Rick, I will let you go first. Yay or nay on that? Well, I'm going to start off with I'm glad that we got to see how he escaped. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. Because everybody like has their idea. Like Even in Star Wars 81 and 84, in 1984, he, he just shows him flying out after the Sarlacc belches. Like He just flies out with his rocket pack. But that wouldn't happen because it was you know, malfunctioning after Han hit it. And he fell into the Sarlacc pit. Mm-hmm. So to see him actually get out was interesting. But what my hangup is, where did the stormtrooper come from? There's no stormtroopers in that whole fight sequence. Now, I get it. It takes a long time for the Sarlacc to <clears throat> digest. But how? <laughs> you know? I saw a video talking about that specifically. Um, they were talking about how they were like, yeah, they point out, they're like, you didn't see any stormtroopers there. So clearly he'd been there for a while. And they're like, now, why was there a stormtrooper there? And they said, you know, a couple, couple things. They said, one theory is, um, you know, it talked about how the, 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 uh, the empire and Java and the other huts, they, they kind of had their sort of uneasy sort of, you take your stuff, we'll take our stuff kind of with the empire. Uh, there was probably some sort of, you know, Hey, let's go talk to Java about, this territory dispute and then being a scumbag was like hey sure yeah we'll totally talk about it here on my sail barge out in the middle of the desert and, then, you know, <laughs> said. Uh, and the other one was like you know we we've seen plenty without even referring to anything with job of the hut we've seen a big imperial presence on tatooine so they could have just as easily been out there on patrol or something like that and one guy ah, he fell in and slipped and was like well there there goes carl so so it, it, so that's 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 how that goes and then they still talk about how it's like uh he digests you over the course of a thousand years and i remember reading i mean this is extended universe but talked about how sarlacc used enzymes to kind of keep whatever it was fed alive for like way longer than it could even biologically live on its own. So that's sort Fun. of like how it's still there and not like fully <laughs> dissolved or whatever. So, wow. Um, so the, the thing I'm going to go with is I know in the comics, Vader has had dealings with Jabba, like personally, like Vader has been to Jabba's palace and stuff in the comics, right. which 
the com some of the comics are canon. The ones that these come from are. So I'm going with the oh, he probably had some envoy or something or some stormtroopers that he assigned to hang out at Jabba's palace or something, and Jabba got irritated with him and chucked him in the Sarlacc pit at some point. It it's one of those things that I I love and hate how everything in Star Wars has to have an explanation. Because it's just like, can can I just have my own headcanon for certain things? And although this one I think works. I think him crawling out works. I know one of the biggest complaints on Knights of Vader was that he shook him out of the mouth. And I'm like, why? Why? So yeah. you got in that stupid nah, yeah. CGI beak again. Also, <laughs> I, I, I'm just like, it, it's fine. It makes it more epic and a more like, whoa, that they, they climbed out through the sand. Plus, you don't know how that creature works. He could have technically been exactly. like two feet under the sand. But I I, I, yeah, I have no problem with it. I have no, no problem with that. <laughs> I, I like I said, it. This is, you, you guys are Star Wars nerds. Knights of Vader is like another level of Star Wars nerds. Right. Y'all, so, y'all, that, is, that is way beyond my nerd to Star Wars, which I love. Yes. Um, like, for example, I had to have them reassess who uh, 8, 8D8 was, which either of you know who that is. They were in this episode. It's the uh, torture droid in Jabba's Palace. Nerd! Who is also there telling him about all the uh, yeah. coming. They're talking trash to him too. Like, yeah, why, why are... <laughs> uh, also voiced by Matt Barry, um, one of the vampires from What We Do in the Shadows. Great uh, show. Check it out on FX. Not sponsored, but um, use code Zingness and maybe they'll give me something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, I mean that 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 that's one of those things. Like, I'm I'm knowledgeable on Star Wars. They they operate on another level. So, but no, I mean it. It's one of those things to where. I don't need every single thing explained. It's just one of those things that's like, oh, Empire probably... Jabba got irritated with some Empire, Imperial Stormtroopers and chucked him in there. Cool. Awesome. Whatever. Oh, he got out of the, the thing and the Jawas came and took it. And that's how Dreamy McDreampants Carl Vamp got the the armor for later on and everything. <laughs> and that's why yep. probably um, Boba Fett never went after it because I know that somebody's... I've heard that complaint of, oh, he never went after his armor. It's because he probably never knew what happened to it. Yeah, that's yeah true. he was he was passed out and filled with <laughs> sarlacc enzyme. <Blech>. So <laughs> no, him him getting dragged through the desert, I thought was great. It's a big homage, and him having all these flashbacks up. But of course, him getting dragged through the desert was a big homage to westerns, which of course stole from eastern samurai movies. So once again, coming full circle, Star Wars, all that stuff. I, I, I really liked him being, like, dragged. It was very um, Gladiator-esque, if anyone remembers that movie with Russell Crowe from, oh, my God, 20 years ago. 2000. Uh, Came out May 5th, <laughs> 2000. I remember that. Wow. Disturbing. But um, very, very, very reminiscent of that. Um, but, no, I, I, I thought the stuff with the Tuscan Raiders were great. I think this is a different group of Tuscan Raiders than we've seen in the past. They use a different system of, um, of like, their, they, they don't use huts. They use tents and stuff, and they're definitely dressed differently than the other ones. And it's cool if they have different sects and different clans of Tuscan Raiders out there. Just a thought. Didn't it remind you of like the scavengers from the solo movie by any chance? Does anybody remember? Oh, that? oh, the um, oh, yeah, not Crimson Dawn. Oh my gosh, why am I not remembering? 
I, I know. Um, um, failed. Uh, um, Ness. Ness. In, infant Ness. Infant mm-hmm. Ness. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. It, it, it had... Yeah. It had elements of that. Like, if you had thrown in one that had even a vaguely different helmet, I would have just been like, oh, this was Infernest. That's what happened with them. They went to tattooing and became Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> Tuscan Raiders. Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> Fascinating. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I like the change-up. Um, I, I like their whole, like, warrior culture stuff that we'll, I'm sure we'll get into later discussing stuff. But I, I, I like those aspects. It was, it was a nice change-up. For stuff and it was really cool um the way they had that also fun fact the rhodian which is the weird bug i mean the weird uh red skin, mm-hmm. yes yeah uh skinned alien was voiced by because there, there's a lot of random voice people in this too uh was voiced by star killer himself alan tudyk oh uh, no it? star star killer um who's also wow. voiced oh. Um, Darth Maul in the animated series. I cannot remember the actor's yeah. name off the top of my head for some reason. But, yeah, he, he voiced him for his, like, one or two lines and then getting beaten to death. So, <laughs> always, always great moments to have in, in, in shows and everything. Um, of course, we're going to jump to him waking up in a bath tank and everything, and that this was all him having flashbacks. Oh, yeah, he also had a flashback to him finding his father's helmet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I found out this. I have watched uh, Clone War, I mean, Attack of the Clones a few times. Worst Star Wars movie, by the way. But I've watched it a few times. Apparently, Industrial Light and Magic had the foresight to show that his head falls out of the helmet when it's flying through the air if you look at the shadow. Oh, wow. So that's never, why never Jango's that. head is not in there. But if you look at the I shadow... I wedged in there really well. <laughs> because if you look at the shadow, when it's, when you see it fly, like when you see the head come, like the helmet come off, you do see something and one of the frames fall out. So that's why it's empty for anyone wondering. I, I just thought go. his head turned into a force ghost and it's just a force ghost head floating around. <laughs> just, just, just floating around. Avenge me. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I wanted to explain that 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 real quick, just get that out there, because that was something that dawned on me. I'm like, wait a second, where's the head? Um, but no, I mean, I, I like that. I liked him um getting the the whole him getting dressed in the armor that he has the droids dressing him and everything. Once again, very reminiscent of samurai movies, and then him going down and getting all of these um I guess other gangsters and other like crime lords or people paying tribute to him and everything, which I thought was great. And the um, Trandoshan, the reptilian-looking thing, mm-hmm. looked phenomenal. They looked good. I, yeah. I like that one. It looked good. Yeah. looked great. Didn't look really too far out there. I know some people have had issues. Very Godzilla-esque, if I may say so, Eric. You can agree with me true. Yeah, on very, that Very Godzilla-esque. I, I had like to go that. back because when he, he said the, when he said his name for a second, I thought it was actually Bosk, but it's not. It's like some other guy. I was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, but for a second, I, I, I kind of was like half. It was kind of quiet. Like, I feel like a lot of Disney Plus's dialogue is really quiet anyway. But I was like, well, did he, is that Bosk? Did they bring him there? But then, <laughs> then I was like, okay, it's just it's just another Trandoshan. Which I'm, I'm waiting. I'm wondering because I said, did they spend all that money to give that to give the train? I know there's a few others in the trailer that show up that will show up. But I'm like. Wonder if we're gonna get boss? Because I mean, it's it's setting it up. Because if they're gonna yeah. use all that money to make him look that good, there there's got to be more on the way or something more. 
So, what I want to know is, are they going to have the other bounty hunters like IG88, Dengar, all those other guys? Well, Zuckus and Forlome, yes. Well, allegedly, because I mean, these are still based vaguely off of the um, off the aftermath books, and a lot of them are doing stuff during this time, or have just gotten done doing stuff during this time. So, because I, I unfortunately did read those. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they're not bad. It's just Star Wars during that time was setting up a lot of stuff. Like they were going at the cannon and what they wanted to do with a shotgun approach of we are going to spray as much stuff as we can out here. Don't know if we're going to use any of it, but we're putting it all of it out here in case we need it. Like the whole armor thing and the whole car vamp thing like that stuff works. But there's other stuff that they tossed out there that, that we have not seen hide nor hair of that seemed important. So we will see. But yes, um, Bosk and um, my gosh, why am I forgetting Tal Purse? Tal wrapped. Dengar. Dengar. I'm like, like he's he's wrapped in bandages and towels. Yeah, he's he's big in, in that, that book series, being active and doing stuff. So. They should have an episode where it's like it's like the reunion of all the bounty hunters who's who Vader got specifically to go after him. They're all like, remember that time we all met on the uh, Star Destroyer? And he <laughs> said no disintegrations. Ah. <laughs> They're all sitting around that new cantina just, you know, swaying back and forth. <laughs> IG-88 hooked up to a power supply. You know? <laughs> it's a clip show, though, but every single clip goes just to that scene. <laughs> it's just over and over five different times. <laughs> So 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 we figured out what the post credit scene is at the end of the season. Exactly. It's just all of them sitting at the bar. <laughs> got it. We 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 got it. Awesome. Um. <laughs> so no. So we get this whole the because it's not the mayor that shows up. It's like the mayor's envoy who starts trash talking. You know, doing the whole like, well, you need to pay us tribute and everything, and. I, I'm I'm like I know they didn't push Jabba around like that, so I'm like, what are they trying to do here? Also, a detail I didn't notice to watching it again, he starts talking back after he steps off of the grate. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we don't know if there's other. I I assume there is because it was said that he had a menagerie, one yep. rancor and not a menagerie makes so. I think we're going to have some stuff. Also, I think there was a toy reveal that it's like um, Rancor damaged Boba Fett or something. So hmm. I think we're going to get a Rancor fight later, but that's 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 Yes. Um, I, I like the Boy. setup, and I have an ongoing argument with individuals. Was he warning them of those assassins that, that we see later? The, the parkour assassins. Because he says you're gonna get another envoy later that will, and I, I'm thinking he was warning them. I, I think that but, that's that that's who who they that the mayor sent was the was the um, lightning stick parkour shield do you, guys. Do you think that it was the mayor that sent them, or he had like kind of foreknowledge that they were gonna get, attack him? So he was like, "Hey, if you pay me, I'll give you the knowledge of what's gonna happen." I I think 100% the mayor's dirty with all this stuff and is trying to the mayor's trying to replace Jabba Empire with just him and that's why he's butting heads with he the the mayor will butt heads with Boba Fett. That's my guess. It's my guess. Eric, any thoughts or did you not even catch that or just are like, "Oh man, it was a cool fight scene." 
Yeah, I I did not catch that, but I didn't I didn't really know if there's any for foreshadowing or forewarning, but hmm, interesting thoughts. Like you said, it could be least. anybody too that could have tried to kill him. I'm sure Boba Fett has a long list of people that want to kill him. I'm sure <laughs> Fennec does too. Um, him sparing the Gamorrean guards, though. I'm getting a lot of Gamorrean guards, a lot of declothed Gamorrean guards too. So, <laughs> so do we all appreciate that? Eh, it's a thing. Um, I did. I, I I liked how he spared him, and I like how there was this back and forth dialogue because Finnick makes sense because we're having this back and forth dialogue between these two characters. Where once again. We're not having to have somebody word vomit or explain something to somebody. Um, they're they're having conversations that naturally work with the with the plot, and it's not out there. Also, fun thing to point out: uh, every time somebody spoke in a different language, there was no subtitles because no protocol droid was around. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I mean, I, I no, nothing was translated this entire episode, and they did point out they needed a protocol droid because all they have is a torture droid. So. I guess they're gonna have to solve that. I can't wait to see what they get. Like that. Have, Go ahead. I have a question for you. Do you think that Boba Fett's gone soft since he's been in the Sarlacc due to the fact that he wanted to spare the Gamorrean guards and like everything that they're talking about? You should be doing this. You should be doing that. And he wants to do something a different way. I get that it's Disney. And, of course, things are going to be toned down a little bit. But, I mean, do you think that he's just kind of, like, had a change of heart? Kind of like the clone troopers that kind of saw their air in their ways for being clone troopers, like the the wolf and all the rest of those guys, you know? All right. I will let Eric answer this first. I I think so. I think it's going to be one of those things where – because I feel like – between just his very brief appearances in the actual original trilogy and then what we hit what we know of him from original like extended universe things he was pretty vicious and then i know that like i distinctly like one of my when i first got into star wars i read the tales of the bounty hunter um that that sort of anthology and i remember like after this and it's been i mean i was in seventh grade so this was like mid to late 90s that i read this so it's been a very long time but um i remember there being something about like him after he got out of the Sarlacc pit, I feel like, oh, even before, I feel like he had a more like, they kind of toned him down even then, or kind of made him seem more like, not so much like a bad guy, but sort of like a, I'm a guy who works with my own sort of moral code. I'm not really good. I'm not really bad, but I do have morals. Like I remember there was a scene where Jabba let him have Princess Leia the night before the, the whole fight on the skiff, but she was like, she thought he, she was going to, he was going to, have his way with her and she he was like no i I don't want that i can't remember the scene too well but i remember him having this talk with her and it was very like oh wow this guy like is totally in a new light so i kind of see them almost going with that where it's sort of like hey here's this guy who you originally thought was kind of cold and calculating and then he probably thought you know when he woke up like oh i'm stuck in the sarlacc for the next thousand years or whatever but you know he got his way out and then between that and the heat stroke i almost see the whole like it's symbolic of him ha- being stripped of his armor. It's almost sort of like the removal of his sins or something like that. He's mm. kind of, it's sort of like his baptism by, by fire, but by, by the, by the burning sands of, of Tatooine, <laughs> you know, he's, as he's being stripped of that, he is kind of being removed of his sin. Well, um, he, he's also stripped down to his flight suit, which is also white, which is white, symbolic yeah. of, you know, purity yeah. and something. He's purity. Important. He is clean. He does not have the dirty damaged gunk covered, 
uh, Mandalorian armor on him. He is he is stripped down. So I mean, I do think that is symbolic of him kind of the change in Boba Fett. I mean, if we if if it was Boba Fett, if he had completely survived and was like, oh well, there's the barge blowing up. I got off my jetpack. I'm gonna go take over. I mean, we might have had a more vicious Jabba or a more vicious uh, Boba Fett. But mm. uh, I think that I think we're gonna see as we get more flashbacks and stuff. We're gonna see how he's had sort of a change of heart. And uh, but yeah, I'm sure the Disney missed definitely plays uh, a part in that as well. Mm-hmm. I am going to, for sake of the argument, disagree with you <laughs> for this for this part. I think that his adventures with the Tusken Raiders will develop his character because we don't know what he was like prior to the Sarlacc pit. So he is starting out as a fresh character. Any extended universe stuff or anything that already exists can be washed away as he's a changed person after the Sarlacc and after these events. I think he's finally getting the opportunity to be his own person because before this he was always given bounties or being the one told to do stuff. So was he brutal? Did he use flamethrowers? Yes, because he was being told we will pay you to do it this way. Now he's the one giving orders and he knows what those results have gotten him or the people he's worked for in the past. So he's trying to change it. That's my guess. I do like what you put it. I, I do like what you put in there, Eric, but I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing I like, back. I like on yours it. too. I'm I like, bouncing I like, back. I, like, I, I, uh, I like that too. I, that's, Maybe it's that's my both. Point. Yeah. Cause, because, cause that, that's, that's the thing. I don't think we're going to get anything beyond him getting out of the Sarlacc flashback wise. Like, that's the point where they want us to learn about the character from. Because everything before that is some weird canon that they can do comics or whatever with. Everything after that is something we are fresh and in the know, are are able to like this character and have them be a likable character now. Even though, apparently, parkouring is still dangerous because missiles. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, that's my thought. Also... He's a damaged and vulnerable character, too, because of his reliance on, reliance on still having to go to the bath of the tank and everything. So that I also find super interesting. But also, how did he survive to that point without it? Or has he been suffering this entire time? And now they finally have access to one. He's like, oh, I'm going to soak all that up. <laughs> so that's my guess on that. Um, I did like the fight. I thought it was very unique, them having the shields and everything. The parkour stuff, it, it was cool with the chase and everything, even though there's one scene where if you're paying attention, I think it's like minute 2, 28, 53, 28 minutes and 53 seconds. Sorry, I looked this up for the other record, and there's a guy that does like a kickoff spin move off the wall that accomplishes nothing. <laughs> like it's it, seriously like there's a wall and he just jumps kicks off it for no reason if if i had one real criticism of the episode there were parts of that where it looked like it was a bunch of kids running around doing parkour like i think parkour like can be really cool but i know there are a lot of jokes around like there's the office episode with the, with the hardcore parkour and all that stuff like that and there were times during that chase where it would go very cool like because there were a lot of quick edits in there where it'd be like that looks really cool too Oh, this looks like three kids who made like a music video where they're hopping around some buildings to to do some parkour. So that was like my one. And it's like a very minor thing. Like it was still was kind of cool seeing them all hop around and everything like that. But I, there were a few times like the spin kick and everything like that. It was like, yeah, this, this did nothing. Yeah. They, you know, like I said, there was one where they just kicked off. The, like the, the other stuff, I'm like, okay, it's them trying to get from point A to point B as fast as possible. But that I'm like, okay, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 
That accomplished nothing. <laughs> Besides a spin move. But also, like, it shows you how fast Finnick is, too, because they got a good head start, and she caught up to him with no problem. <laughs> I, I, I like that, and also like the uh, Alive, too. Mm-hmm. And and also showing the difference between Finnick and Boba Fett, which could they come to a head later, because she had two of them. And, of course, mm-hmm. how many people does it take to deliver a message, or how many people does it take to interrogate? Well, I mean, two would be nice, but you can always just use one. Um, so I, I, I like that aspect of that. I did skip over the gambling scene. That, that meant the um, casino thing and the whole washing the helmets um, stuff. I like that in the sense of I like him kind of establishing who he is and the whole like, oh, I didn't, you, you weren't brought in on, you know, a letter. And, and that's a litter or anything. It's like, it's showing how he's different from the other ones. Cause he's trying to be a man of the people. Okay. Cause he, mm-hmm. he, he was a man of the people. He never, he, he like I said, I, I think they're playing up this whole, he was always the, the, the tool. And now he's like the tool, the, the, the mechanic itself, instead of just being a tool. I'm going to hmm. use terrible analogies this entire episode. And I am very <laughs> happy with it. Um, I, I also, question for both of you. Do you need your Gamorreans hosed down and fed? Well, I, I would want them fully fed, unless it becomes a fight between parkour people in which they kick butt without being fed, because if they had too much food, they'd fall asleep on the ground. So as you saw in Jabba's Palace, whenever they were nice, well, and fed. Yeah, they, they'll pass sleep. out. And also, <laughs> yeah. hose down, too. That that, that was you, one of those lines, Mike, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> because it's weird, because they're like, okay, how, okay, so you, you know more about this than, than at least me. I, I don't know about Rick, but, like, do you, <laughs> are Gamorians, because the way I read it, like, they're, like, sentient, but they're not, like, but they're kind of dumb too. Like in general, they're very like primitive. So I, I'm just imagining these weird sort of like pigmen in a, <laughs> in a staple because they're clothed and they can like act autonomously. They're not like you know a pet, but at the same time they kind. When they talk about hosing them and feeding them, like they kind of are. <laughs> I, uh, it's one of those things. I'm. They, they've always been portrayed as like bodyguards or re- or wrestlers or stuff like 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 just like. I think you're right. I think they are considered in Star Wars canon as being like they're sentient, but like on a low level. Yeah, like well, I've, they're, I've they're... not seen a senator, and allegedly, according to stuff I looked up for another episode, there was a Jedi one in some video game oh, thing gosh. that does not exist anymore. In- Interesting, because I remember actually reading one time <laughs> about how Gamorians and e- it was like races. It was like uh, races that couldn't be Jedi for like one reason or another. And it was saying how like I thought Gamorians were on there, but maybe not. I know it said I was thinking Gamorians and Ewoks were too, just because they were like they didn't have the brain capacity. But now, I mean, that was, I think, pre uh, Metachlorians or whatever. Oh, oh, no, this this was like 90s video game, like one of the like Dark Forces games or something like has like a file you can find on them or something it's it's something super obscure like when i looked it up i'm like oh my gosh this is like digging right. into the depths of some of somewhere <laughs> i don't know what i know where this came from but it's like yeah there's jedi mm-hmm. 
Uh, well, you know, since they can't be a part of the Jedi Order, they could be a part of the Sith Order. So I really want to see some Sith Gamorreans and Sith Ewoks, yes. please. Oh, yeah. Let's you know, they would have lightsaber tusks. That would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> I feel like there was something that made a joke about that a while. Like like some random like college humor thing where it was um, – because it was when the – Force Awakens came out and the three the three blades on the lightsaber and then somebody else like had teeth oh. that were little lightsabers <laughs> yeah. or something and then it was like nunchucks and there was another one that was like it kept, it just kept on going out 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 from itself it, it's it's one of those ones that was just some stupid like YouTube thing I stumbled across speaking of which I do randomly have YouTube pulled up in front of me on one of my screens and it does show Man Bear Pig from south park so <laughs> I, I was talking about these pig people i'm like keep looking at this going hmm uh so i just wanted to throw that out there as a side note um no i mean like, like i said great first start loved it um i i know what i know there, there there's there's one big thing at the end we haven't gotten to and is it a big you know grogu baby yoda whatever level no but it's something really cool in Star Wars that I enjoy getting every now and then. So I don't expect this stuff. Um, we, we, of course, get the final flashback to him with this kid. Um, leading him in the in the dead meat around the desert for looking for water rocks or ro- water. I, <laughs> I, there's, there's certain stuff in Star Wars. I'm just like, cool, whatever. This was one of them where it was the little like pods that break open to have water. And then we got the, you know... Him, him having an emotional moment with the dog. Him also, you know, mm-hmm. saying um, mate and everything, which once again confirms space New Zealand and Australia. Um, so we, 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 we had that. And that, that was a cool scene of, I guess this it was this kid's rite of passage to take them or something. I, I don't know. I have no clue because, like I said, we are not having any dialogue from mm-hmm. the Tuscan Raider side. So it's us having to headcanon it, which I like because... Who knows? But it, but we get this Clash of the Titans um, mixed with um, John Carpenter. Is, is it John Carpenter or John Carter? The the John, John John Carter. Yes. Okay, okay. Because I'm like I I know one of them's the thing, and I know one of them's Mars. So also, um, fun fact about the thing: it's uh, Santa Claus's origin story. Think about it, Kurt Russell Claus. <laughs> uh wrong poll though wrong poll for that one um but no we we, we get this uh ray harryhausen looking thing popping out of it amazing design i loved it i yeah, loved the design cool. of whatever cool design. that I was like a lot. i i loved the fact that it it it's it's it was either a centaur or it could get rear up and have two or have gora like it was cool. I loved it. I, I thought it was a great yeah. design. Mm-hmm. Thought it was a great little fight, reminiscent of Leia killing Jabba as well. And um, I, I, I said, I don't know if, if you guys have anything for that. I, I like I said, was not expecting it. Loved it. Loved it to no end. Yeah, I went back and I saw like the vague similarities of. There's a monster called Ymir, Y-M-I-R, from 20 million miles from Earth, and it, it looks very similar to that monster and i was like wow they like paying homage to old ray harryhausen here it's mm-hmm. just awesome so i liked it i i agree i thought it was really cool uh very reminiscent very and, and it gave it a more like i mean that's the thing about star wars is like it's it's as much a fantasy as it is a science fiction story 
And I think sometimes, you know, you'll for every robot and laser gun and laser sword and everything like that, you get really cool, fantastic designs that are, that are very evocative of mythology and fantasy, sort of like the Craig Dragon mm-hmm. last year. It was really cool. Uh, I thought this very much evoked a centaur, uh, very much Ray Harryhausen. And uh, I just I thought it was a really cool design. And the fight with it, I thought was fantastic mm-hmm. so and i was going to ask you actually ask you zinger i was going to ask if that had, was something that had been in something else star wars before if that was nope. new to the show because uh, i can't remember ever having seen it i am looking up real quick uh Cor- it just says a large sand creature it does not give it any <laughs> other description Didn't you have a name wow no it's it's something created for this and i mean it hasn't been something that they've attached some other name to or Utilize yep. some other weird thing <laughs> yet. Yeah. It turns out he was an old Jedi master and he was retired <laughs> to the planet. Yeah. That was actually Obi Wan Kenobi. The, 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 the other guy wasn't. Um, so, no, I mean, I, 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 I like that Star Wars can have something this new and this fresh in it. Like, on a planet we've been to, some might say way too much, but yeah, yeah, some, some I say <laughs> way too much. Um, no, I mean, it's, I, I, I like it. it. It was a great addition. It's something great that wasn't something that we've had before. So yeah. I can't wait to see what happens with that. I think that speeder bike gang is going to be, um, I want to say, I keep wanting to say Crimson Dawn, but I know that that's the solo. So the Crimson Raiders or something, maybe? Because I, I, I know that, once again, <laughs> calling back to the Aftermath books, it is referenced that there is a group of like bandits and stuff on tattooing that are causing issues. Yeah. Besides the ones that Vamp deals with. Yeah, that's one that I was getting ready to reference, the yes. ones in Mando season two. So. Yes. there's Apparently, they're either the same or they're different. I, I can't remember because those books were... Like I said, those books had so many random like off stories that, like, are they going places with this? Doesn't matter. Who knows? But you're going to read it. No. Mm. So, I like I said, I, I'm... I love this. I can't wait to see what's what's more done with this. Great job, Robert Rodriguez. I like I said, I've I, I love this. I have zero expectations for this series, and that's a good thing because for me, Boba Fett is this is what makes me find Boba Fett interesting. You have you are put I I challenge Disney to put down in front of me something that will make Boba Fett legitimately interesting to me because everything else I feel is just fan servicey BS. So I'm like, you got to give me. Him showing up and beating the living crap out of stormtroopers, awesome. I'm on board with that. Him doing all this stuff, cool, awesome. I'm on board with this because I want to see where they take this and where it's gonna go, and whether I, where 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 I go with my like and love for this character. Because right now, justify those years of hype. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Because otherwise, it's just that robot chicken sketch where it's 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 all in his head and he's still stuck in the <laughs> the the the, the, the line. Oh man, I'm above <laughs> that. Still the perfect, in my mind, his mic was off 90% of the time, and that's what he actually sounded like. It's just him being like, oh, man, it's Boba Fett, man. Oh, going too long for the pass. Oh, touchdown. Like, just that kind of, yeah. Great stuff. Um, Any final thoughts from you guys, Rick? I'm going to let you go first as our guest. Uh, well, what I want to know is... Oh, and expecting. Is, what are you expecting? Oh, I'm expecting to this to be like an ebb and flow storyline i feel like we're going to reach a crescendo it's going to dump us down and it's going to bring us right back up for the season finale right. um 
what I think also is I feel like at some point, and I don't know how many days these they've already filmed, if not the whole series is done. We got six season. more. We got six more to go. I feel like they're going to have to do a lot of fan service after this first episode. I feel like a lot of people, and as you can see from the Rotten Tomatoes score being lower than Mando, since you already have an established character, it's really hard to build from a certain point because people already have what they think they know about the character. Headcanon. And they, they want that stuff. Like, I don't even know if y'all, if y'all watched the credit scenes where they were doing the art mm. uh, renditions. Like, they were showing Boba Fett's blaster. I love that blaster. <laughs> yeah. It's, cool. it's a very cool blaster. <laughs> and, but it got destroyed in Return of the Jedi, but it's showing that in the art translations. I want to see that blaster. <laughs> you know? I... Because... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I think it was the EF-11 blaster, if I'm wrong, yeah. maybe. I, sure. I, I don't know. <laughs> I... Like I said, my my nerd level for Star Wars ebbs and flows with certain things. The numerical numbering of what blasters what, uh, sure. <laughs> um, my other thing is, and this is something I, I really need to get up on. I need to buy the art books for these because the the ending art for these has always been amazing. Yes. And very, very Ralph cool. McQuarrie. Yes. Yeah. yes, very beautiful. Very, something that, like, and, and it's great because we get to see all these things at, at the end. It makes me want to watch the credits. Like, legitimately, like, I want to watch the credits just to see, you know, the artwork and everything. Eric, final thoughts on this episode. Where do you think it's going to go? Um, and expectations. I, that's the thing. I, I, I don't, I mean, I like I've already said, I love this. I went in, I was like you, I went in with no expectations. And, you know, I'm going to say I was a little kind of like, you know, I love The Mandalorian the first two seasons so much. And as much as it was cool to see it, I was kind of like, man, I wish we get another season of The Mandalorian now. But I just, as soon as that episode started and we had the first, you know, that first chunk without any talking, I was like, I am in. As for expectations, I don't really have any. Like, I don't know where they're going to go with this. I think there's a lot of places they could go with this. Um, and I don't know if they're going to really play off of let's bring in some familiar faces, characters, uh, races, events, stuff like that. Or, oh, hey, here's this character from 20 years before what happened in The Force Awakens or something like that. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to try and rely on more original characters and stuff like that. If they do it right, I don't care what they do. Um, mm -hmm. I think Rick brought us some good things. I think that we, I think we are going to have some some high points. I think we're going to have some slower, more character building points, but I think it's going to all very much grow and crescendo until something big is going to happen during the finale. Um, whether that's him going up against someone who also wants to try and take that power from Jabba slash Bib Fortuna, uh, um, or Just if Jabba, some don't. other thing, <laughs> Jabba, Jabba's the force ghost. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, it's either that or I, you know, I don't really know, but I, I, I am in, if this first episode is any indication, I am strapped in, I'm buckled. I got my big state fair tomato of my tomato meter and I'm ready to roll. Awesome. Well, like I said, I, I'm already addicted to this in the sense of, I, I, I want to see where they go with this. Cause I said, my expectations for this do not exist. So you fill that void with whatever you want to, and we'll see what happens. So. I am on board. I'm I'm on board for Finnick because I'm wondering if if Finnick and Mando are gonna go go head to head mm. by the end of this because mm. they both have very different. But I'm like, is it a difference where they're going back and forth? Just that, just you know that that's their banter with each other, or are they going back and forth as true ideology? 
issues. So I guess we'll find out. But I'm on board. Um, it, it, this is going to run till uh, February 9th. So we will be definitely be back on Zygnus, if not Zing Wars, to do a full discussion once it, once the dust has settled. I am thinking this is a standalone in the sense of I don't think there's going to do a follow-up season. I think hmm. it's supposed to all exist in the Mandoverse or whatever it's going to be called. Like, Boba Fett could pop back up, but I think they said that this was only a one-season-like thing hmm. for the plan. Unless they who, got a ton of money. Who knows? Because they, they keep a lot of that stuff on how well this stuff does behind closed doors. And they just keep going, thumbs up, real good. So, who knows? Who knows? But I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I think what we got here is something that's going to be amazing. I will probably be waking up early wednesdays to watch it because i have to i have to watch before i go to work and i will argue the reason right now to everybody i am part of too many star wars groups i am on youtube i mean i'm i am on i am on way too many things hosting a podcast being a co-host on a star wars podcast boba fett showing up in that episode of mandalorian it that was one of the episodes i didn't watch before i went to work spoiled for me the entire day, just constant updates of and yep. it was stuff. Everyone's like, just mm-hmm. mute your stuff. And I'm like, I will forget. I'll forget discord. I would forget Instagram. I'd forget, like I'd forget the one that no one ever posts on. They will post a spoiler thing. So I have to get ahead <laughs> of the game on this one. Was there anything drastically amazing in this one that I think would have been a huge spoiler? Nope. But I liked being able to have the dignity of walking into work and people are like, Oh yeah, Boba Fett's at book. Bo-. I'm like, yeah, I already watched it. <laughs> pretty good <laughs> so um rick where can people find more from you so. uh well if you don't see me wandering around the aisles of a fictional grocery store you can find me anywhere on social media uh piggly dog with two g's because we're great uh we interact with everybody <laughs> interact with anybody that wants to interact with us so just go find us uh piggly dog with two g's so um and I second that. You all are a very entertaining follow on social media. I always enjoy your posts. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I and, and my follow-up to that is, um, what you playing this week? What's your game this week? What are you playing? Uh, actually, I've been playing this game. Actually, I, I didn't even pull it up. But it's basically a card game that has every single card known to man, like science, art, everything. And it's like a kind of like a magic game. It's just a phone game. And I'll send you a... Uh, a personal message all right, <laughs> what all it right, is all i can't right. remember all right eric where what where can people find more from you and what are you playing this week you can find me at eric berg and at backlog berg and uh i've actually been playing a couple different games besides animal crossing Ooh. Um, i uh i played so there's a roguelike that came out earlier last year i think it was it's called dicey dungeons and it's sort of like a it's kind of like that one game um why am I blanking on it? Because I played a he- the heck out of it. Um, Hades. No, no. Um, oh my oh, gosh, oh. it's like a car. It, Hades. The one that's like the. No, not Hades. <laughs> I didn't. I only played a. I I didn't like Hades as much as everyone seemed to. It was fine, but uh, no. There's a, a, a Slave the Spire. It's very similar to that, where it's sort of like a roguelike card battler, but this one is. Um, it uses dice and it has a very quirky uh, animation style and everything like that. A lot of fun. It was like super cheap. It's normally like twenty bucks, and I got it. It was on sale during the holiday sale for like three bucks. So I, I picked it up and I've had a lot of fun with that. Well, uh, at- another game I was playing. 
Sorry, go ahead. Go on. No, no, go, go ahead. Uh, so the other game I'm playing is called Rogue, Ru- Rogue Heroes Ruins of Tasos. T-A-S-O-S. I don't know how to pronounce it. But it's sort of a kind of a – it's another roguelike. Again, I'm not the biggest fan, but I've been, I've been playing a couple of them. Very similar to – it has a very sort of link to the past 16-bit look. But, like, you have mm-hmm. this overworld that stays the same. But when you go to these dungeons, they kind of randomly generate. You can get um, currency and items and stuff like that, which you can then use to – permanently upgrade your village your character all that kind of stuff like that which is one i tend to like roguelites more when there's not just like oh you're dead you got to start completely over like i like when i can carry back an item or something like that so i can eventually get stronger so very fun uh our our um i've been having a good time with it uh and i need to actually hop in more i haven't had time in the past couple days to really play but uh very addicting all right and yours Mm, there people can find more from you too I did. Okay, good. Um, Eric Berg and Backwalkberg, if you didn't catch it the first time. So <laughs> as, as for me, a quick warning to, 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 to Eric and to you, dear listener. Uh, we are probably having our what we've been playing for the past six months, where we do um, the three games that we've played the most over the past three months. Or once we admit, ugh, I can't talk. Games we've been playing over the past six months. Instead of doing like our best games of all time, we're just doing best games over the past six months. So we're... Coming to that time frame where we're going to be saying that, I have one I want to talk about there that I've been playing a lot recently, and it is a roguelite. I'm not going to talk about it now because I want to save it for that, but I am... Hades? No. <laughs> actually, no. Um, no, it's it's really good, and it is one that you completely... Su- it, it's really cool because I'm like, was I this bad at Hades when I started it? Because it's like now, like, you feel the progression, so I'm excited to talk about that when we get to that. Um Next week's topic is, of course, your nerdy resolution. So um, we'll, we'll get back to that. I'm sure Eric will be. I'm going to get through my backlog, and then he proceeds to watch every episode of The Simpsons for the 15th time. So excited to hear that. 15th time. Those are amateur numbers. <laughs> um, but what I am playing this week is I actually, and this this, this will not be because there's no way I can get the time in to get this. Uh, I picked up recently Pray for the Gods. Which, if that's ringing a bell with anyone or anyone's interested, it is a newer game that just came out of Early Access, which is basically Shadow of the Colossus, but with snow around. Nice. So, I have uh, played it, beat the first boss, and it is a very, very beautiful looking game. It's it's really cool. The scale's awesome, so I can't wait to play more of that. So, that's what I'm diving into this week on top of a course by the time you're listening to this, we all have hopefully watched the second episode of The Book of Boba Fett. So until next time, um, we have spoken.
You ruined the show.